This Week in HPC. Deep Learning and Big Acquisitions. The Year in Review in HPC. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening in to our final episode of This Week in HPC for 2015. With Intersect 360 Research, I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman. And This Week in HPC has been brought to you all year in partnership with our friends at top500.org. and also available on iTunes and Stitcher. Michael, it's been a big year in HPC. It has. I mean, it's, uh, there's been a lot going on this year. I just, just remember even the last few months was big, but the whole year, looking back on it, there were some uh, there were some big stories that we're going to go over a few of them, and uh, a lot of little technology changes going on as well. Yeah, so we thought we'd wrap it up with one final podcast for the year, and then we'll come back and after the holidays, maybe do a look ahead to uh, some predictions for 2016. But in terms of wrapping up 2015, on the application side, when we look back at the things we were talking about this year, I think there was one big new application area that really stood out. Yeah, I think so too, and I think we're both thinking of the same thing. It was it was the deep learning applications, the the new coming of artificial intelligence that a lot of the hyperscale uh, companies are are looking towards and developing right now. And it's been a big theme, not just for those guys, but at the conferences we've been to as well. SC, ISC, uh, GTC, all the conferences we've gone to, deep learning has been a big topic. It's been a big topic, not only in terms of being an application area in and of itself, but the other, it's almost more like a, a, a trend or a technique, and it's applied to all kinds of uh, different uh, end user applications that are downstream from image recognition to uh, disease diagnosis, and it implies a lot of changes on the technology side. We've seen a lot of GPU computing involved. We've talked about neural networks a lot. So it's been a very rich area, a new type of user, a new type of computing, new types of technologies. There's a lot there. Right, exactly. I mean, it's it's also this classic application matchup of another thing we've talked about, which is big data and HPC sort of merging together. So it's it's an example of that as well. But but your point taken on the application side, it is, it is generating some in, interesting applications that uh, are basically emerging. Now, you talked about image recognition, but, but there's a lot of sort of mass market applications behind that. There's car safety, there's robotics, there's internet image search, there's even video gaming, and that's sort of just the just the beginning of it, it's sort of this example of HPC even moving into some of the mass market application areas that that we've never really seen it do before. Now, this is a, an important point in terms of uh, HPC moving here. You mentioned right at the beginning, it's been the hyperscale company that have driven a lot of the research. I, I think we've probably seen this mostly from Google, from Microsoft, Baidu, Facebook. Right. Those have been some of the companies that have, that have done the most in terms of uh, the research on these deep learning kinds of applications. And I, I'd say it ties into another trend of hyperscale engineering general has really emerged as to where it's grown and evolved towards its own market. It's, we've always tracked ultra-scale internet uh, as an HPC segment since 2007, but now as we head into 2016, I don't think we can keep looking at these, uh, you know, these hyperscale companies as a subset of HPC anymore. They've 
through a hyperscale market has really grown and evolved to where it's its own market. Yeah, it has. I mean, we've we've talked about that internally here for a while, and and we've seen it. And and this is, you know, sort of the classic example of that how it's how it's matured and evolving and and taking up a new application space. So. Uh, this is a, a really interesting area for us, and uh, you know it, it dovetails really nicely into, uh, into the research we've done with HPC. It, uh, it's an exciting area of the market as well. A lot of people are talking about it. It's in the news basically every day, and uh, it's uh, like I said, it's, it's evolving very fast, and it's adding applications quickly as well. And you were also talking, Michael, about you know with neural networks and some of the conferences on those topics. This isn't the first time we've talked about neural networks. They've been around a long time, but suddenly uh, it's getting a lot more interest. Right, and especially in the area of convolutional neural networks, something that, that basically spurred a lot of this image recognition uh, work and research. Uh, but that area, those algorithms have developed very quickly as well. They're, they're really only a few years old uh, to the extent they are now. And and they've been taken advantage of very quickly now to to create these applications. I mean, we should say I, I think we when we talked about the individual stories, this image recognition software has become sort of a competitive sport. There's this ImageNet uh, sort of competition where the different uh, application uh, vendors go in and try and f- uh, get the best score of this. And some of them have done really well. In fact, most of them now, I think, are at the level where they're as good as humans are, are very close to it for image recognition now. And that can only go up. I think even a few of them have demonstrated even better than human proficiency in this technology, which is very, very encouraging and very exciting for the for the future of this. And if we're talking about machine learning and you know, other types of artificial intelligence, I think you should wrap in Watson here, which has been on a little bit of a different end of it, but yep. talking about merging big data and HPC. Uh, IBM's been on this trend with Watson for a couple of years now, and, and that solution keeps evolving. Yeah, in fact, they have evolved that solution over the last year or a couple of years, actually, and it's it's in some commercial areas now. They don't talk about it in the same way they used to, since it is now commercial. But there's there's different uh, end users playing around with it. We've talked about the uh, the healthcare uh, providers using it, and some of the financial uh, companies are at least playing with it, although they're not saying very much about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, IBM has developed that very well. It's a totally different application sort of framework than what we're talking about with the convolutional neural networks, but another sort of valuable tool that uh, some of the uh, the HPC and associated uh, end users are looking at. Um, you point out these are different ecosystems here. I'll, I'll transition a bit to uh, you know another thing that we saw this year was IBM and Open Power and ARM and uh, uh, some of the other evolution with the uh, Intel ecosystem. We were starting to consolidate uh, maybe different competing ecosystems for HPC. Yeah, well, especially in the ARM and open power areas, this is sort of, I guess you could say 2015 was, in a way, sort of their kickoff year for building the ecosystem in earnest. I mean, they all the, both of these uh, ecosystems started before that, but they were moving a lot, uh, doing much more commercially. We saw a lot of the ARM processor or server processors come out with some uh, new technology this year and move into the server space. And then we saw some, some uh, power servers 
introduced this year, especially by IBM, but also by some of the uh, Open Power members. So uh, it was sort of a big, uh, what I would say, not exactly a kickoff year, but a, a, a big introductory year as that ecosystem was starting to get established in both those areas. You're right that there's been a big maturation with ARM, with Open Power, and now with the Intel ecosystem and Open HPC, we're seeing a lot going on there. And, and uh, uh, the vendor ecosystem keeps evolving there as well with different mergers and acquisitions. I think Intel Altera is a really important one where we're talking about the, the heterogeneous nature of uh, of computing going forward, how we build FPGAs into these solutions. Uh, that kind of ties us back to hyperscale also. We've seen a lot of the FPGA utilization. Uh, it's not just been uh, GPUs, FPGAs finding a, a, a lot of a home in, in those applications also. Yeah, 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 and you mentioned the Intel Altera buy. That was one of the big mergers, or I should say, acquisitions of the year of of, uh, of a few. That was basically 16.7 billion worth, which actually turned out to be just a moderate size acquisition this year, but a very important one. I mean, we could look at the others, but the Intel Altera. Uh, acquisition to me uh, is almost maybe the most important one this year in the sense that it's uh, a long-term sort of technology shift for what is essentially the most important uh, semiconductor company right now, and and it it portends uh, some interesting products for the server side down the road. I mean, these other mergers are. Uh, you know, they're they're sort of business oriented. They're going to shift the business landscape much, but maybe not the technology landscape as much. The the Altera buy, uh, I think, is going to have some long term effects on on how servers get built and how uh, the hyperscale and HPC space uh, looks in in the next you know four or five six years. Well, you can argue that the Intel Altera acquisition is, is definitely interesting, especially from the standpoint of the evolution of Intel scalable system framework, this SF, SSF that they'll be uh, carrying into 2016. I, I definitely think that that's something we're going to continue to watch. But I'll disagree with you in terms of the most important one, and I'm going to go with the, the obvious Dell EMC, which is a not only a huge acquisition overall, but you know these are companies that have more HP share than people realize. Uh, now, we're still kind of going off of 2014 market shares because 2015 is still in progress for a few more days, and it'll take us a couple months to wrap everything up. But Dell, you're talking about the company that was the, the number one market share in HPC servers in 2014 is acquiring EMC, which had the number one revenue share for storage for HPC applications. And, and that's because with EMC, you're talking about not only uh, uh, the uh, the standard VMAX uh, line that they're going to sell incidentally into some some accounts that run HPC applications sometimes. So, you know, that's not going to be zero, and VMAX is a huge product line. But then they target HPC specifically with VNX and scale, uh, VNXE and scale IO. But we're talking about Flash and, uh, and Extreme IO. It's it got a huge Flash position coming out of EMC. They had announced that they reached a billion dollars in aggregate bookings in their first six quarters, so there's a lot of flash. And then uh, almost all of Isilon's business is HPC-oriented, and, and that's in EMC as well. So there's a lot of HPC footprint in EMC that's now moving over into Dell. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and uh, from the standpoint of just volume, that was a $67 billion acquisition, which, which turned out to be the the largest pure tech acquisition ever. So it's a huge change. Now, and and I would agree to the extent that it's it's going to change the business landscape more than anything else that was bought or sold this year in in the HPC realm. Um, but uh, from the technology point of view, I would still say I don't think there's going to be any definitive technology shift coming out of that. But it is going to change the way people buy or the competition, uh, the way people buy and sell storage and compute, since now Dell EMC is sort of this behemoth that, that didn't exist before in, in compute and storage. So it's it's going to be a, a big deal. I'm sure HP, Lenovo, and IBM are all looking at this and, and uh, you know, sort of wondering if they need to reposition themselves in, in relation to that now. Sure. And if we're talking about changes in the vendor landscape with those companies, I, I would mention that the split of HP uh, establishing HP Enterprises now as a separate entity, that seems to have not had a huge effect. We, we haven't talked about that a lot, and it, it seems to have gone past without a you know, a, a big impact on the market. Now, IBM and Lenovo, that's one that did have a huge impact on the market. And 2015 was a year where Lenovo had to start trying to get established as an HPC vendor. And it's going to be uh, interesting to see how much of the business they held on to and how they can start uh, that as a basis for new growth into 2016 and beyond. Yeah, I think from the you know your first point, HP that was a, a sort of a very quiet split, but it makes sense. I mean, that was a, a clean split between the server side, basically, and the, or the data center side, and then the PC and client side. So, um, not a lot of bloodletting there. It's it was pretty much as uh, people thought it would be. There's there's people working on certain uh, certain areas of the ecosystem, and the others working on the other area, and there didn't need to be a lot of overlaps. So that was there that was, might have been some areas where it was messy, but we didn't see a lot of that in HPC. For our part, it was pretty clean. Right, and the Lenovo thing, of course, was a, a little more contentious in that Lenovo was basically doing the opposite. It was adding an x86 server business on top of a client business. So there was a lot to there was a lot to manage and swallow there for that company, and they they actually got off to a a quick start. I thought they they came out with a uh, a good roadmap. They even uh, dipped their toe into the ARM server ecosystem with a little project there. I, I think they're being very aggressive, and they seem to have kicked off that business uh, fairly rapidly. And I, I expect they'll they'll ramp it up, and uh, you know maybe surprise a, a lot of people. Yeah, earlier this year, I was at the uh, opening of their HPC center in, in Stuttgart and heard some of their early positioning on how they plan to, to take the, the lead in HPC. And I have to say, I like the focus on hardware at Lenovo. I think it's a refreshing positioning statement. I think they're going to be a really interesting competitor. Yep, I think so too. It's it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting not not just uh, not just for HPC but for the whole business. And uh, that was a big shift that just happened to touch us. But uh, it's it's part of the seismic shifts we've seen going on with some of these big uh, mergers and acquisitions. Well, 
Michael. It, as we said, it's been a, a fun year in HPC. It's got those, there's our episode of this year in HPC with Intersect 360 Research. Uh, we'll put the wraps on 2015 and, and wish all of our listeners a happy holiday season, a Merry Christmas, a joyous new year. And we'll be back in early 2016. We can maybe do a look ahead of uh, some important trends that we think are coming for, for the next year. And there are some coming. We know that for a fact. So that'll be fun. And looking forward to that as well. All right. Thanks, Michael, for joining me all year. By the way, we have reached 100 episodes of This Week in HPC. We forgot to make mention of it on last uh, last week's <laughs> podcast. This is number 101. So we can start a new 100 here as we head into 2016. <laughs> thanks, Addison. That's great to know. <laughs> Thanks, Michael, and thanks to you for listening. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. 